Perverted, brought to you by Sputnik Africa. Hey everybody, welcome back to AfroVertix's new episode where we explore the frontiers of technology and its transformative impact in our world. Today, we embark on a journey to Africa, a continent brimming with innovative minds and groundbreaking inventions. In Zimbabwe, a group of young students is revolutionizing the way we think about technology and its capacity to improve our very lives. Their ingenious creations ranging from automated harvesters to unmanned landmine removers are not just innovations but also catalysts for economic growth and social progress. So today we'll delve into the minds of these remarkable young inventors, understanding their motivations, inspirations and the challenges they've overcome to bring their ideas to life. We'll discover how their inventions are addressing pressing issues in the communities, empowering individuals and fostering a culture of innovation that is shaping the very future of Zimbabwe itself. Then shifting gears, we'll connect with a South African man who has defied the odds and restored his functionality through the power of technology. Our guest will share his inspiring story of receiving a prosthetic hand from a Russian robotics company, Motorica, a device that has not only restored his physical abilities, but also given him a renewed sense of confidence and purpose. Hear how this groundbreaking technology has transformed his life, enabling him to resume his daily activities, pursue his passions and connect with the world around him. We'll explore the emotional and psychological impact of this innovation, understanding how it has redefined his identity and opened doors to a world of possibilities. So sit back and enjoy AfroVertix's episode as we embark on this fascinating exploration of African innovation, where technology is not simply a mere tool, but a force for positive change. We'll discover how these inventions are empowering individuals, improving communities, and shaping the future of a continent that is on the rise. Let's get right to it. So first up on today's AfroVerdict episode is Charles Matanga, computer science teacher, robotics team mentor, and the national coordinator for robotics in Zimbabwe. And he's going to tell us about the innovation that took place in a Zimbabwean school. Mr. Matanga, welcome to the AfroVerdict podcast, and thanks so much for joining me today. Uh, let's start off with a brief introduction. Okay, thank you. My name is Charles Matanga. I'm a computer science teacher and also robotics mentor. I have been working with teams uh, from Zimbabwe. So I happen to be the national coordinator for robotics in Zimbabwe. I am also the coach for First Global Zimbabwe. Well, Mr. Matanga, it's my pleasure to be joining you today. Uh, so the robotics team of your school has developed three types of prototypes that can potentially improve crop harvesting, home gardening, and even perform landmine removal. Could you take our listeners through the main principles behind your team's invention and how can it be applied? Okay, thank you. So the prototypes that have been designed by students, uh, the whole idea is, you know, robots are meant to uh, make life easier. They may not replace uh, human beings totally, but uh, at times they can be used in areas which are dangerous or hazardous uh, to human beings. In our case, the uh, landmine removal, it was um, the motivation came from one of the students who comes from an area where landmines were planted during um, some... Uh, uh, wars 
are in Zimbabwe. So the whole idea was to avoid human beings uh, suffering from uh, those landmines um, some years later after the war has ended. So it is easier to use a robot. Uh, if robots are destroyed, they can always be uh, replaced. But uh, the good thing is uh, they have some sensors attached, so they will be more accurate uh, in detecting the presence of a landmine. Uh, that's one. Then uh, uh, Zimbabwe is an agro-based economy, so we need to mechanize the way we uh, do our farming in Zimbabwe. As uh, such, we have students who are motivated to come up with uh, an automatic uh, combined harvester. We noticed that we can have uh, driverless planters, driverless tractors, driverless combined harvesters, uh, which can be uh, controlled uh, remotely and they can work 24-7. As a such, we have a model just in, of course, it's a prototype which can be uh, developed to a uh, which can be developed to a real to real application um, uh, machines that can uh, be solar powered. At the same time, we are uh, reducing uh, emission of carbon dioxide to the atmosphere, while we um, also automating our work in uh, in fields. Uh, on the the one that I mentioned, that for landmine removal. Again, it's multi-purpose. It can be used uh, in um, uh, fields, again, or plantations. For example, picking up apples, uh, oranges, or any fruit that can be picked that is delicate. We can use uh, robots that can do that without uh, damaging the uh, product. Then the third one for our home gardening, uh, a simple application that was a form one a student at Old who uh, argued that in, at school we should not have um, people uh, moving up and down, uh, pushing a lawnmower. Why not design a robot attached blades uh, driven by a motor, which can be programmed to move, for example, 30 meters by 20 meters, and the blades are um, controlled, remotely controlled, that you can easily cut grass wherever uh, you are. So that one was meant uh, also for automatic, you know, uh, cleaning uh, floors and also picking litter. So those uh, were the models or prototypes that were, uh, were designed by the young ones. Uh, looking forward to that, this can be a patent and we have it being implemented um, at a higher level where we have the actual machines being manufactured and these have to be homemade in Zimbabwe. As the whole idea, we don't want to import uh, innovation, but uh, we want machines that are designed uh, right away from uh, Zimbabwe. Wow, that's uh, that's really remarkable here, I must say. Were there any perhaps difficulties as the robotics team designed these prototypes? And take us through the process of designing them. Okay, so the first thing that you need to do when you are designing prototypes, we need to have them. Uh, a team. We need to have the goal in order to uh, give the students uh, an opportunity to research. You just give them a task to say, 
what do you think we can do uh, in Zimbabwe in terms of um, agricultural machines? So it's an open-ended research where students have to uh, find on their own uh, what is actually being done at the moment, but uh, where are we lacking or where can we uh, improve? So the, it involves uh, doing a research uh, first. So we are going to have a collaboration skills being uh, developed there. Then they uh, have to sit down uh, look on the local material or resources that we have, then they can assemble the um, uh, the design. Obviously, you need to uh, work on your computer, the design first uh, card, your design, your, your prototype, you check uh, if it is going to work out, then we uh, try to implement it. But uh, implementation part of the uh, prototype, it does not come at ease. You have to build, then you destroy, you build, then you destroy. But every stage you'll be refining and making some changes. Uh, you should be, be prepared to adjust. Because at times the initial idea, you may notice that you are not really able to implement uh, it as it is. So, But we document everything. We need to document to say we started from stage one, but the final product is this. Okay, well, that's, uh, that's quite an interesting process. What is the initial source of inspiration for the young inventors to start working on this project initially? And how long did it take for them to finish it? So in uh, 2023, July, we had a team from Trinidad that traveled to Washington, D.C. Then um, it was a tech tour where we um, uh, visited Maryland State uh, University, uh, where they have a robotic center. Then we visited Amazon, we visited uh, Tesla. So as we were uh, going there with the students, they felt um, they were challenged uh, to say, uh, we now have a self-driving car which can order uh, parts on its own. So to them, they felt that, why not go back home? and come up with um, a tangible projects that can help, uh, that are relevant in our um, uh, community. Uh, also, another source of inspiration, we went to NASA uh, Space Station. So they were really challenged about um, uh, meeting astronauts, getting a clear and precise explanation of how space is explored and how it is feasible uh, to do that. So the, when we came back, that was July, some we have uh, actually started working on those prototypes. Um, so since uh, 2023 August up to now, they've been uh, working on those prototypes. Even during the festive season, they could not attire. They were really inspired by what they saw in the USA. And what does the future look like? What would you say is the next step in developing these robots? Okay, uh, what we are looking forward is most of the robotics kits elements that we are using, we are importing them. And uh, for example, some of the batteries that we uh, use are lithium batteries. Zimbabwe is um, naturally endowed with the lithium. It is in abundance. So we have challenged uh, the Ministry of ICT to assist also uh, through other ministries. Let's have uh, those uh, batteries being manufactured 
uh, in Zimbabwe. Because when during shipment, uh, you cannot um, uh, use a plane uh, unless you are checking in with those batteries. So it's another uh, area where we are looking forward that if we start to have robotics kits being manufactured in Zimbabwe, uh, definitely uh, we are driven by the passion to see every Zimbabwean child being taught robotics and recording. And it is my wish uh, to see even raw areas uh, robotics being introduced. Power should not be a challenge. We can have solar uh, farms being set up or just a solar system for a particular a school, a school uh, being set up, then they can have uh, some source of energy where they can charge their um, uh, gadgets. So we really would like to see robotics being taught as an academic subject, not the way we are doing it right now. We are doing it as, as a club. And during the club time, the time may not be enough. So students have to stay behind or use their own time during weekends. But we look forward to see the Minister of Primary and Secondary Education uh, having curriculum uh, developed, then make it an examinable subject. In that case, um, we can uh, actually get a word of many uh, people and uh, expose uh, many people to robotics. In that way, we can bridge the digital divide. I heard that the project of your students was highly appreciated by Zimbabwe's Minister of ICT, Postal and Courier Services. How else can the support from the government help you implement the invention for the good of the country? Okay, uh, so uh, mostly the support that we look for is um, um, uh, policy implementation. Um, in Zimbabwe, around the uh, late 90s, we saw um, a computerization of schools and it was through the government that we witnessed schools getting access to computers and that's where we benefited learning computers from those um, uh, projects. So we, this time, it's no longer about having a computer within the school, but what is it that we are using it? So policy level, we really would appreciate if we are going to uh, see um, being uh, from... Um, Curriculum development unit, uh, having robotics being implemented as a subject definitely it means hardware and all resources required will be channeled uh, towards um, uh, the implementation of robotics. Then um, we look forward uh, to, um, you know, we have um, uh, teacher training programs. Those who are being trained to teach computer science can have a module added that is specifically for robotics so that when they go out uh, there, they will be able to implement it. So the support is uh, mostly on implementation and the police uh, level. Then obvious uh, importation of um, uh, these kids, they may come pricey. So uh, duty, if it's possible, it can be scrapped because they are being used for educational purpose at the same time uh, we would like to see um, those schools with the uh, resources being encouraged uh, to take up. Then we look forward again. Uh, in Zimbabwe, we have what we call athletics that we do at school level, district, province, then national level. So if we are to have that um, rob robotics competitions being done, 
at school level, district, then province level. Definitely, uh, we can start to witness uh, a lot of innovation uh, projects uh, coming up from all corners of the country. Well, let's hope you get all the support necessary to promote and uh, further develop this product because I think it'll be an excellent solution to numerous problems and issues. Finally, what message would you like to give to young people around the world to encourage them to use their creativity and especially to those young people who are passionate about robotics? Yes, so the message is uh, very clear. Um, It's high time we should embrace uh, STEM or STEAM. Uh, we need to uh, make use of our time, make use of resources that are readily available to our benefit uh, on an individual level, to the benefit of the community and the nation at large. Uh, some have abandoned access to internet, but how do you use the internet? That is the question. Uh, some will be on social media, Social media actually have some pages or areas where you can uh, meet other um, people of your age, discuss uh, projects that can be uh, done. And this can uh, save you from uh, maybe drug abuse and all other social ills. So my challenge to the uh, young minds in Zimbabwe is uh, let's embrace this team. Um, you, you don't need to come from a science background. Uh, for you to pursue uh, robotics. You have a role to play, maybe in terms of research. We need orators, we need people who can document, we need people who can present before uh, people. Uh, We need uh, collaboration, communication uh, skills among uh, the robotics uh, team. So everyone is welcome when it comes to uh, robotics. And if used um, properly, uh, this technology could be um, um, our slave. But if we use it wrongly, uh, we become slaves of technology. So I would like to encourage um, the youth in Zimbabwe to embrace and come up with the solutions that are relevant to the communities where they are coming from. So you don't uh, come up with a solution which is meant. Uh, of course, we would like to assist him, others coming from different regions but start with the solutions that by looking at areas which are surrounding you, pressure, uh, pressing issues, those are the ones that we should attack first. Uh, so I really I would like to encourage those who would like to learn uh, robotics to get in touch. We can work together for the betterment of the country. Thank you. Well, follow Sputnik Africa closely to keep an eye on the developments with these young inventors and the way their product may revolutionize agriculture in Zimbabwe. Next up is Clive Padayachi, the man with a new prosthetic hand. Mr. Clive Padayachi, welcome to the AfroVerdict podcast and thanks for joining me to talk about uh, the amazing prosthetic hand that you have. Let's start with a brief introduction, I guess. Hi, good day. My name is Clive Padiachi. I'm actually from South Africa. I'm 48 years old, will be 49 this year. And I've lost my uh, right hand with regards to a complication in my veins that I actually had. And uh, I've been using the prosthesis from Motorica for, for about two years now. And basically, it's 
been helping me. I've actually received 25% of my mobility back. But, uh, and it helps a lot. It helps a lot having the prosthesis. And it's actually wonderful uh, uh, using it. Well, it's a great pleasure to make your acquaintance, Mr. Parayachi. Could you perhaps share a little bit more about the story of your life with our listeners? Well, um, I was actually born in South Africa, born and bred in, in the city uh, of Johannesburg, which is now Gauteng. And basically um, lived a normal life, um, went to uh, primary school, um, high school, and I'm actually basically working for um, a company, uh, a bank within South Africa. Um, but just basically living a normal life, I'm married. My wife's name is Michelle. I have two kids. My daughter is uh, Kanisha. She's 21 years old. My son is uh, Salano. He's 20, he's 20. So they're basically one year apart from each other. Um, yeah, and basically, like I said, that's just a simple life, family life. Uh, basically, uh, looking after my looking after my family, and uh, I mean, just getting the joy and the, the good life uh, from them. Um, always being, uh, always have been, and will be a positive person. And um, losing my arm was not basically a, 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 a bad uh, experience for me. But it, it, it actually uh, uh, changed my life in, in a very, very, um, how can I say, positive, uh, positive way. And being uh, positive all the time is basically what uh, actually drove me to, uh, to get into the, the prosthesis so that I could actually get uh, a better uh, chance in life. You know, it's truly amazing that in our day and age, um, while such obstacles in life, say, two, three hundred years ago, would be a major hindrance, uh, nowadays they can simply be replaced. Um, I mean, I'm not saying it's it's available for everyone, but nonetheless, the the fact of the matter that it's it's there. You know, it's an uh, it's a possibility, and that's really really amazing. Tell me, what difficulties did you face after losing your arm before? obtaining the high-tech bionic prosthetic hand by Motorica? Well, basically, um, after losing my arm, uh, I, um, I went into a slight depression mode uh, because obviously I could not do a lot for myself. Um, there was a time that I couldn't even uh, dress myself. I had to get the help of my my family. But um, even with, uh, uh, before I had the, the, the prosthesis, basically, I learned to maneuver myself with, with, with one hand, work with one hand. I was actually inspired to um, to start writing with my left hand. No, normally we know that uh, when you're born, your brain takes over your your, 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 your sense of writing. Basically, you are either left-hander or right-hander. But I basically learned or taught myself to actually write with my left hand, which, which actually is exactly the same like my my right hand so my left my left hand basically my left hand basically took over from my right hand so i i i didn't see a bit of a difference but after uh using the the prosthesis or the the, the, the bionic hand um i felt that i could do a lot i mean there was a time where i could not have a whole two uh glasses in my hand 
And now at the, now at, at the time, I can use both my left hand and my right hand to, to pick up a glass of water, drink a glass of water, have a cup of coffee, where there was a, a time that I couldn't even use uh, my hand, obviously, because I didn't have a hand. Um, what I can basically um, actually do is I've, I've driven my car with my hand. I've been fishing with a prosthetic hand. Um, that was one occasion that uh, I, I fished. Uh, it was a bit difficult at first, but I practiced. And um, yeah, that's that's basically what actually was difficult for me, was the fact that I had to go to my left-hand side now because of my hand, uh, not having my hand on my right hand. That's the difficulty that I faced. And how did you learn about Notorica? My wife was actually doing a lot of research with regards to uh, prosthetics, and she fell upon Motorica. Um, she basically messaged uh, or, or emailed the, 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 the company, and I was actually lucky to be uh, 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 accepted by, by Motorica, uh, and the hand was, was, was actually made for me. So uh, thanks to my wife, uh, that, that actually searched around. We actually, it took us, I think it was three years, three, three and a half years to actually get a response from you guys. So did you then have to go to Russia to get a prosthetic hand? Is that how it worked? Okay, it was basically uh, uh, guys that did prosthesis here, that had a, a um, sort of a company in South Africa. I think they were, uh, Motorica was, um, uh, handling some of the, the uh, stuff here in South Africa through uh, uh, the, um, the company that was here. And I was told that uh, the company would phone me and I should go to the premises where we were did the casting, uh, did the measurements, um, and even the mold for, for the... the, the for my hand to insert, my actually my arm to insert into, and that was sent through to to I think to Russia to basically uh, manufacture, and that's where I received it from. Okay, okay, I see. No, that's cool. Um, so how did this uh, Russian-made mechanical prosthesis make the quality of your life better? What new tasks were you then able to accomplish thanks to the mechanical hand? Like I said, I could uh, pick up a, 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 a glass drop down the glass, even um, basically um, take a cup, take water from it, uh, from the tap of my right hand, which I couldn't do before. Uh, it made it easier for me to, to basically um, dress myself. Obviously, I could not use the component within painting uh, myself because it is it is a bit of metal, so obviously I kept away from water with regards to the... Um, um, the, the hand, um, even it, it, it made me feel complete. It made me feel uh, basically that um, if I try and practice, maybe even to pick up a, a, a bucket of uh, water for myself to, 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 to get into uh, uh, the, the house, maybe pick up a bucket of water or even pick up a, a, a parcels of uh, groceries. It helped me be independent from uh, from not having a, a right hand. I could 
basically whatever I, I put my mind to, I could try and do. Have a cup of coffee in the morning. Have a glass of uh, a glass of juice. Um, basically, um, pick up my pants with the with the with the with the, with the hand. Um, use the bathroom. Uh, so it made me feel more confident in myself. It made me feel positive that there is something out there that can better my life, and I should not be depressed on losing my hand. So it, it was, like I said, basically a, a, a very positive uh, aspect in my life. And um, I mean, to, 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 to go forward and, 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 and have something where you can basically, with your mind, think, hey, let me close my hand, it will close the hand, like a robotic arm. At the moment, it's, it's not actually a robotic arm. It's basically operated by um, the, the cables with uh, opening your hand and closing, uh, 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 moving your elbow towards you or, uh, and moving your elbow to, uh, out basically reacts to the hand and the hand opens and closes. So going forward, I mean, who knows what can happen. Clive, I just spoke to a uh, computer science teacher and he mentors a group of students in Zimbabwe who came up with uh, couple of cool inventions, right? With the swift pace of development of modern technology, what advancements do you believe we'll see in the future? And how would you guess the technology will improve going forward? Basically, uh, we're looking at uh, probably AI. We're looking at uh, uh, probably the hand that I have now being uh, substituted or, 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 or changed to uh, where we basically use our minds and say, I need to close my hand and my hand will close. I need to open up, I need to uh, use one finger or I need to put my thumbs up and it will operate as my thumb would come up uh, on the hand. Because, I mean, uh, we're all looking at, at uh, digital, we're looking at uh, bionics. Um, AI is the future. So, uh, I mean, to, to, to go into that um, aspect of, of, of controlling your hand, I think will be a wonderful and, uh, and a very creative way of, of getting people that loses their hand or lose, lose a lump or loses uh, um, probably uh, uh, the fingers. It would improve their life much, much, much And better. to what extent would you say are the solutions that Montoric offers available to the South African community? Are they aware of them at all? In South Africa, I'm not sure, but I don't think about, I don't think that they have uh, Motorica in in mind, uh, mainly because um, the, the prosthesis that has been done here in South Africa is, how can I say, um, old age. Uh, basically, it's not as modern as Motorica is presenting. And I think it should be um, something that should be advertised within South Africa or um, special uh, like, like hospitals or funds, fund, funding should be done within South Africa to actually promote this because there is a lot of people. And I mean, with me going also to, to um, 
uh, hospital with uh, regards to to checkups and all other things. I see the amount of people that's basically in need of this. But I think with regards to um, getting these uh, prostheses, it's a bit difficult because of the costing, um, the costing of it, and obviously the medical aids within South Africa not funding these these uh, uh, prostheses. So I think it's, it, in my opinion, it's not well spread in South Africa. Well, Clive, it was a pleasure to speak to you. Thanks for sharing your story with us. It's uh, really great and admirable, and I'm great that you've been blessed with a, with a full-on new hand. Good luck. Well, our journey through the world of African innovation comes to an end, leaving us with a truly profound sense of hope and inspiration. Today, we've witnessed the remarkable ingenuity of young minds in Zimbabwe, their inventions addressing crucial challenges and driving economic and social progress. And we've been deeply moved by the story of this South African man whose prosthetic hand has not only restored his physical abilities, but also given him a renewed sense of self and purpose. That is really the true ability of technology. This episode has highlighted the transformative power of it and thus reminding us that it can be a force for good, empowering individuals, improving communities and shaping a brighter future for all. As we reflect on the stories we've heard today, let us be inspired by the spirit of innovation that flourishes on the African continent, truly a continent where dreams take flight and technology becomes the catalyst for a better world. Thank you for joining me today on this exploration of African innovation. I hope that you've been as inspired as I have by the stories that uh, our dear guests shared today. Keep an eye on the African continent by checking out the Sputnik Africa Telegram channel, TikTok account, and other socials. As for the other Afrobody podcasts, feel free to find them on popular podcasting platforms like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Deezer, Pocket Casts, AfriPods, CastBox, Elf, Course, Podcast Addicts. That's that for today, everyone. This is your host, Victor Anakin, signing off. Have a great weekend. Afro Verdict, brought to you by Sputnik Africa.